I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of God Bless Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I once again embark on a solo mission to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, who are surprisingly now on a two-game winning streak. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, because somehow, someway, the Dallas Cowboys not only managed to beat their old classic 1990s adversaries, the San Francisco 49ers, but somehow... Some way, the Dallas Cowboys are now in second place in the NFC East with a 5-9 and record, and they trailed the Washington football team who lost to the Seattle Seahawks. Ladies and gentlemen, there is still a chance the Dallas Cowboys can win the NFC East if you can believe it. Now, based on the schedule that Dallas has left, you're damn right it's possible. And quite frankly, unfortunately in my case, it could very well happen. Oh my goodness. Because weeks ago, I wanted them to tank. I wanted them to lose all the rest of their games, even though it's against my personal thoughts because I always feel like tanking is very bad because it damages the reputation of the game of football. But you want in this case, because the Cowboys could have had a top 5 draft pick, that's why I said, you know what? If that's what we need, then then do it. Do it. Just lose out the rest of the season. The higher the draft pick, the better. But somehow, Dallas is on a two-game winning streak. The NFC East is still up for grabs, and they have a chance to do it. The New York Giants are now on a two-game losing streak, okay? And that's what's allowed Dallas to climb right back to the second place. But this game against the 49ers, it's really going to be well to talk about, but couple things that we should also talk about is that the New York Jets somehow pulled off a major upset against the Los Angeles Rams on the road, okay, and by beating the Los Angeles Rams, as of that moment, the New York Jets no longer have the number one overall draft pick. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jacksonville Jaguars now have it, so it looks as though Trevor Lawrence will be headed to Florida rather than New York City. Unfortunately, as far as my Cowboys go, before their win against the 49ers, they were sitting at the fourth overall draft pick. But now this win, for the time being, has pushed them to eighth. And according to Tankathon, what I'm looking at, the Cowboys right now are in position at eight, and it says that they're going to draft Caleb Farney. Excuse me, Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech University. Well, quite frankly. The 8th, being pushed back 8th is sad, but then again, the Cowboys did win, so when you are one of the worst teams and you pick up a win, well, that's really going to push you back, because if I've made it clear, if there's a player I really want the Cowboys to get, aside from Trevor Lawrence, which is nothing but a pipe dream, it is Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle out of the University of Oregon, but right now it looks as though the Cincinnati Bengals have him locked and loaded. Last thing I want to get out of the way as well is that for the first time since 2008, the New England Patriots will not be going to the playoffs. 
Can't say I'm surprised because of how much of a mess the New England Patriots are. It's really quite sad to see what's become of them. But then again, I have no room to criticize because I am a Cowboys fan. So I quite frankly should keep my mouth shut as far as the Patriots go, as far as I'm not going to the playoffs. But anyway, well, this one against Dallas, well... Every time the 49ers are in town to play my Cowboys, the 1990s come to mind. I'm talking about the times where the Cowboys and the 49ers met three times in the NFC Championship. 1992, 1993, 1994. The Cowboys took the first two, while San Francisco would pull it off in 1994, courtesy of a late pass interference by Deion Sanders, who got away with it. And the 49ers will win the Super Bowl that year. Nowadays, when the when the 49ers and the Cowboys are, are square off, I always describe the game a rematch from the 1990s classic playoff thrillers that these guys had, especially in those amazing NFC championships. Now, granted, I was alive when they took place, but I was too little. Well, in two th- those first two games, well, quite frankly, in all three of them, I was way too young to remember, even if I was watching football. Well... The truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't even in this country. I was in France. <laughs> but it's definitely a regret that I was not around, or old enough, I should say, to remember watching those games because that's back when the Cowboys and the 49ers were the best teams in the NFL. It was from what people I've heard from fans that I've interviewed who remember those games quite clearly. Those games were fun to watch. Now this game in particular, as we know, last year... The San Francisco 49ers were the most surprising team in the NFL. Okay? They went to the Super Bowl. Now, they did have a 20-10 lead going into the fourth quarter, but we all know how that turned out. But quite frankly, I needed the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because I'm not allowing another team to have six titles before my Cowboys do it. It's, it's bad enough that now it's not only the Steelers that have six titles, but the fucking New England Patriots have six titles too. And I'll be damned before the 49ers join that team. But the bottom line is, San Francisco went from being a Super Bowl-featured team to completely falling apart. Now, granted, to say that the injury bug has really bothered them, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a major understatement. Okay, 28 injuries come into this game. 28, including to Jimmy Garoppolo. To be honest, if Jimmy Garoppolo had played this game, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have torched and destroyed this Cowboys defense. Now, to be honest, quite frankly, the Cowboys did get torched on defense because Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, who both appeared in this game, combined for 319 passing yards against the Cowboys secondary. And what I should point out, (coughs) excuse me, is the final play of the game that Hail Mary, okay, thrown by C.J. Beathard, who came in because according to Kyle Shanahan, Nick Mullins had suffered an injury because we, we wondered why is he in and, and not Mullins, but we thought maybe it was, the, it was the turnovers, but from a report, it was because Nick Mullins had suffered an, an injury. But it doesn't matter. There was a Hail Mary, a 49ers player caught it for a touchdown in the, in the, in the closing second of the game, so what would have been for my 41-27 final result went to 41-33. to I mean, the Cowboys still won the game, 
But that final play, truth be told, is quite humiliating. But then again, that just shows how terrible our Cowboys secondary is. Let's focus a little bit on the positives. Well, before I get too deep into the positives, the first thing about this game was the inactivity of Ezekiel Elliott. You know, <coughs> excuse me, still recovering from COVID, as you can see. The inactivity of Ezekiel Elliott, it didn't stress me out. I figured, eh, you know what? If he's out, so be it. This opens the door to Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard, quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, did a fantastic job. 12 carries for 69 yards, including that run at the end after that second turnover, uh, excuse me, after the second interception by our terrible Cowboys secondary. Tony Pollard really sealed the deal in that play, and not to, <coughs> once again, I apologize. Not to mention all the tackles he broke on that particular play. That was amazing. Now, how ironic it is. Ezekiel Elliott suffers an injury. Well, I should say he's out due to injury. Tony Pollard gets the start. And he has two touchdowns. Fantastic. Andy Dalton starting this game. 19 for 33. 209 yards. And two touchdowns. Fantastic. Very respectable. And connecting well with CeeDee Lamb. Five catches for 85 yards. Tony Pollard also doing well with catches. Six catches. 63 yards. Michael Gallup another low game. Three catches for 26 yards. And a touchdown. Dalton Schultz catching the other touchdown. Amari Cooper only two catches for 10 yards. It was really quite the best day for Amari, but... I'm happy that CeeDee Lamb had a great day. But speaking of CeeDee Lamb, the special moment in his case was that kickoff return on the onside kick at the end of the game. What I find funny, ladies and gentlemen, in this particular scenario was from the reports that I've read that CeeDee Lamb got chewed out by the coaching staff for scoring on that play. And he said because it was too wide, it was too open, he felt that he could not pass up the opportunity. You know what? Who the hell cares? He scored a touchdown. Why should anybody be mad? It was wide open. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. He fucking took it. There's nothing to be pissed at him about. Okay? Now, granted, if he had just caught the ball and kneeled down, the Cowboys would have just, you know, run out the rest of the clock. And, you know, Andy Dalton would have kneeled just to, just to kill the rest of the clock, kill the, kill the last 40 seconds of the game. But CeeDee Lamb had, saw how open it was in the, in the front. So he ran, and he scored. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the first kickoff return for a touchdown by the Cowboys since 2008. I remember that game. In 2008, Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles, Felix Jones returned what I believe was a 98-yard kickoff return. And 12 years later, CeeDee Lamb does it. And what's ironic from these two is that Felix Jones was a rookie when he did it, and 12 years later, CeeDee Lamb does it too. Here's even more interesting. Just last week against the Bengals, okay? Alan Smith, the 78-yard fumble return. That had been the longest fumble return since 1999 when Greg Ellis had a 98-yard fumble return. And then a week later, after a long time, a kickoff return for a touchdown. 
So I wonder what could happen next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, we'll see. As far as this win goes, well, how did the Dallas Cowboys win? Well, number one, again, just like the Bengals, forcing two fumbles early in the game and taking advantage of those fumbles, okay? Forcing turnovers was one of the key moments, key winning factors of this game. The Dallas Cowboys forced four of them. Four of them. In the last two weeks, that, that totals to seven. Because before... Because overall this season, the Cowboys have been pathetic when it comes to forcing turnovers because we all know how bad the turnover differential was, okay? I don't know what it is right now. We'll have to wait till the stats update. That's going to be tomorrow, but I do not want to wait. I can tell you that the Cowboys' turnover differ- differential might still be negative, but it's a hell of a lot higher than what it was a few weeks ago. What's really impressive, ladies and gentlemen, was that the Dallas Cowboys scored 24 points off of those turnovers. 24 points. That's what I call taking advantage of these amazing maneuvers. When you force a turnover and you take advantage of it, that's how you win football games, ladies and gentlemen. When an opportunity is right there for you, you have to reach out and grab it. You cannot pass it up. And the Cowboys did not do that, and that is why they defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Now, we're going to have to give the 49ers some credit because the Cowboys had an early 14-0 lead, okay? And what went from a 14-0 lead turned out to be a 14-7 lead. Cowboys would add three points, it would be 17-14, and then it would be 17-17. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So at that one point, the Cowboys take a 24-17 lead, but the 49ers respond again. Then the Cowboys make it 27-24, and that's when things really started going well for the Cowboys, because the Cowboys would then making it a 10-point lead, and that's that was courtesy of the long run that Tony Pollard had, which, by the way, was beautiful because, again, he broke at least three or four tackles. You know, if Tony Pollard has more playing time against next week and he continue, continues to do that, do that, not only are the Cowboys going to keep the guy, but Tony Pollard is going to give Ezekiel Elliott one hell of a challenge this coming training camp, or I should say this coming offseason. Because Tony Pollard is proving that he's the kind of guy that's really going to make Ezekiel Elliott work hard for his starting job. The starting job is never guaranteed, ladies and gentlemen. That's the first thing I understand in the NFL. A starting job is never guaranteed. Even the big players have to compete for it every year because there's nobody that's unkeepable of just taking it away. You have to earn your spot when it comes to playing Big league football. I gotta tell you that I am surprised that all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys are playing some sublime football. Because I had completely given up hope, okay? And to say that I had given up hope is an understatement, okay? 
But like I said, the four turnovers really helped. Okay. Because, you know, in the last five games, from what I've reading, the Cowboys have produced 56 points off of turnovers, okay? You know, when the Cowboys forced that fumble on that punt return, that was amazing. And then Demarcus Lawrence gets that strip sack. That was amazing, too. But then the things started going bad because the, the Cowboys, the running game, all of a sudden was disappearing. The Cowboys were all of a sudden losing their focus. And I said, well, here we go. 49ers coming back. The 49ers might actually pull it off yet again. But then, a guy named Donovan Wilson, a very underrated player, I might add, has a diving interception with 10 minutes and 26 seconds left to play in the fourth quarter. And you know what? About two minute, two and a half minutes later, he, had, he almost had another one. Instead, Anthony Brown would go ahead and say, let me take this one. And Anthony Brown would intercept a pass with less than three minutes left in the game. So I can say the Cowboys defense, these those two players came up clutch in the fourth quarter. For a Cowboys defensive player to come up clutch in the fourth quarter, that is not happening very often nowadays. I mean, how often does it happen? Quite rarely. So... Hats off to the Cowboys defense because even though they got torched on the passing game and on the running game, they were managed to get a couple of quarterback sacks. They did what they should have done, what I've been saying for so many weeks. They forced turnovers, and by God, to say that they took advantage of those turnovers, God damn it, what a hell of an understatement. Because it's like I said, ladies and gentlemen, 24 points. Scored off the turnovers. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I love to see from the Dallas Cowboys. So that being said, next week against the Philadelphia Eagles, there's key to win. To, here's the key to the victory number one: force turnovers. Okay, that's key number one. Key number two: score off the turnovers. Key number three: keep doing it. Keep forcing turnovers, keep forcing stops, and then immediately just score some points, okay? Do not punt the ball. Do not give the ball back to the Eagles. You have to inflict as much damage as possible, and you got to keep the Eagles away, okay? You cannot let the Eagles be within three steps of you. You want to be three moves ahead from the Eagles, okay? Because now the NFC East is on the line. The Cowboys still have the shot to win it. And while the Eagles lost today and the Eagles are buried in fourth, the Eagles still have a chance of their own, Okay? And the Cowboys, they'll be damned before they let the Philadelphia Eagles take what is rightfully theirs. Okay, So in that case also, the Dallas Cowboys better hope that the Carolina Panthers can somehow pull off a hell of an upset against the Washington football team. Because next week, if the Washington football team loses and the Dallas Cowboys win, the Dallas Cowboys will once again be in first place of the NFC East. Or perhaps I should say the NFC East because... With a, to be in first place with a 6-9 and nine record? How humiliating is that? For the NFC East to be so bad that the, the winner of the, of the NFC East would be with a 7-9 and nine record. But you know what? It is what it is. At least one team was good enough to win the division. Quite frankly, from this game against the 49ers, there's still a major problem. 
play calling, okay? That was one of the things that allowed the 49ers to come back. I mean, not only the defense was, was bad, letting the 49ers score, but the Cowboys' offense could not do much to respond. And there was still some questionable play calling, like on that turn, on that reverse sweep by Amari Cooper that resulted in a loss of 11 yards. <sighs> For the love of God. How many times have the Cowboys done that this season and it never works? It Those reverse sweeps do not work, so Kellen Moore needs to stop trying them, okay? Quite frankly, I don't even know why he's even trying them. I don't even know why that's coming to his mind, okay? The Cowboys do not need to do that. Just run the ball forward, pass the ball forward. That's the way it works. Do it that way, okay? There's no need to try some fakes. There's no need to take unnecessary risks, okay? You take an unnecessary risk. If it turns out to have bad consequences, well, the consequences get worse. More damage is inflicted. It's a bigger, it's a harder pill to swallow, okay? And that's humiliating, so enough is enough, okay? We need to abandon the play, conservative play calling, okay? Call the plays based on the talent, based on how everything goes, okay? If the running game works out well, keep doing it, okay? There's no need to make unnecessary changes because there's no need to halt our momentum, okay? Momentum killers doom the Cowboys, okay? I don't know what part of that, you know, the, the play calling just can't seem to understand, okay? What I'm trying to say is when it comes to the play calling... Enough with these stupid decisions, okay? Uh, keep making the smart decisions, okay? And that's one of the five takeaways from the game. Based on, on this source from the Dallas Morning News. What happened to the offense? Hmm. See, two of their first three drives in 49ers territory, okay? Definitely, Kellen Moore was definitely doing some nice, nice things, okay? So far, things were, were start, starting out to go well. But after that 14-0 lead, the, Cal- the Cowboys offense all of a sudden looked different, The rushing game started out great, but to finish with only 87 yards, ladies and gentlemen, that is not good. Okay? Now, it's not all all obviously on Kellen Moore, but Andy Dalton had a couple of bad throws of his own. Lucky for him, it wasn't intercepted. Okay? It's really painful to know that when Michael Gallup and Mark Cooper don't have the best games... But as far as Michael Gallup goes, all the drops and everything, it's understandable that he's having a bad season. But you know what? Noah Brown was open, but that's one of the things. Uh, Andy Dalton was focused too much on Brown based on what I'm reading, okay? Obviously, there's got to be ways to get to Amari Cooper more. But the problem is, if Amari Cooper can't get open, if the defense is covering him more, the Cowboys need to go need to connect well with the targets that are wide open right there. So that's what needs to be done against the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? But now there are more injuries, okay? Leighton Vander Esch suffered an ankle injury in the third quarter. He was taken out. He never he never went back into the game. As y'all know, my good friend Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, has labeled Leighton Vander Esch as Sean Lee 2.0. Now, to be honest, Wiley might be exaggerating. Maybe he isn't. But the bottom line is, Leighton Van Der Esch is, if he hasn't yet, is beginning to build a reputation of getting hurt. If he cannot stay healthy, that is not good for us. He becomes a liability. At this point, I'm going to assume that he, he may not play against the Philadelphia Eagles. If he's out against the Eagles, well... That is tough luck, and that is bad. 
And not only that, but nose tackle Antoine Woods also suffered an ankle injury, and he did not come back. If our defense is not fully healthy against the Eagles and can't stay healthy, well, Jalen Hurts, who's now starting with the Eagles as Carter Wentz was benched last week, this guy is going to tear the team apart. And I am not joking. Leighton Van Rest needs to be healthy, and God willing, he's going to play against the Eagles, and God willing, he's going to stay healthy. You know, last week we questioned if the win against the Bengals had any meaning. You know, with the Cowboys being the 49ers, it's going to show that it does have meaning. If the Cowboys could beat the Eagles next week and then beat the, beat the Giants in Week 17 and win in the NFC East, then that will fully answer the question, ladies and gentlemen. The answer will be yes. The win against the Eagles, excuse me, the win against the Bengals, the win against the 49ers, they're going to have meanings, true meanings. Because the only way to prove if those wins are meaningful is that if the Cowboys were able to win something, if they were to build on it and do something with it. If they could win the NFC East and earn a playoff spot, that, ladies and gentlemen, that means something. Final score, Cowboys 41 49ers 33. The Cowboys deserve that win despite some sloppy play. Again, they forced the turnovers. Offense looked pretty good. The Cowboys earned that win, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. They earned it. Because as, t- as terrible as the 49ers are, despite the injuries, they could have. And I t- lose that term loosely. They could have beaten the Cowboys. They could have humiliated them. But the Cowboys decided to play, you know what, decided, told themselves, there's still hope, there's still a chance, let's take that chance, because it's rare that a team as terrible as us gets a chance to still go to the playoffs. We gotta take that chance, we gotta do our best, let's not worry about the draft just yet, the playoffs are still there for us, the opportunity is out there, we need to reach out and grab it, and so far the Cowboys are doing a good job. So the next thing to do is to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. That game's next week at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. This may be the most important game of the season. It's to beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Because now that there's a playoff spot on the line, and this is a chance to put the Cowboys back in first place, the Cowboys cannot waste such an opportunity. Now granted, the Cowboys are going to have their hands full because the Cowboys defense has allowed the most points in the league and they're close to setting a record for the most points allowed by defense in the in, in an NFL season. That's humiliating enough as it is. But if somehow the Cowboys can still make the playoffs, at least there's a little bit of pride. At least there's a little bit of breathing room. At least the Cowboys can still say, we went to the playoffs that year, Okay. Now, of course, everybody's going to remember just how horrible the NFC East is. But you know what? The Cowboys had the disadvantage, major disadvantages of their own, but they still did it. They still did something. They didn't give up. Okay? I'm, I'm going back on my own word. And I can't believe that I felt that way. That I even wanted the Cowboys to lose all the rest of their games. I even said at one point, mark my words, they're going 2-14. and 14. Now, I'm not making excuses. I'm not going to say the Cowboys got lucky. 
the Cowboys just proved me wrong. The Cowboys just shut me up. And I'm eating my words, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to deny it, okay? Look, sometimes, as much as I wanted the top five draft pick, let's be honest, it's not always a good thing. Having a top five draft pick, that doesn't automatically guarantee that you're going to be good next year. No, 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 no. Because how many times have we seen a, a team with top five draft picks for years and years and years and years consecutively and they still don't become good? We've seen that many times, okay? So quite frankly, Wiley even told me to think about this. He told me, Alex, think about this. Sometimes having the top five draft pick is overrated. It's not as good as you think. It's not going to give the results that you think you're, you're going to get. Whatever the Cowboys have in the first round pick... Wherever they lay, when the time is right, we will research and we will see who the proper name is to get. As much as I would love for Trevor Lawrence to come to the Cowboys, even though it's a pipe dream, I think now it's probably safe to say it certainly will not happen, especially since the the Jets no longer have the pick. Penny Sewell, well, I guess we can kiss that goodbye too. But right now, I guess... What I'm trying to say is, it's time to keep the focus on the playoffs because the Cowboys still have a chance, so I'm going to focus on that. So let me go back now, and let's talk a little bit about the Eagles. The Eagles are four wins, nine losses, and one tie. The Cowboys are at five wins and nine losses. The Cowboys are not really, really good at home. They are three and four. But the Eagles are 1-6 on the road. The Cowboys have to beat the Eagles. They have no choice. They have to do it. Okay? And I already spoke about a couple of keys to the victory. But I'm going to go over it again. Key to victory number one. Force turnovers. And sack the quarterback. And that's number one. Number two. Score points off their turnovers. Score points in any scenario. Run the ball effectively. Have a solid passing game. Be solid on defense too. And aside from forcing forcing turnovers, sack the quarterback, make tackles for a loss, make some stops. Okay. Force the Eagles to punt the ball as much as possible. Do not let them score any points. Okay. Even though it's likely to happen, because the, let's not deny it, the Eagles do have weapons. Okay. Jalen Hurts, well, so far, he's actually doing a pretty damn good job. He is likely to take over as the starting quarterback, okay? And there were reports today that Carson Wentz has said, if he's not coming back as a starter, that he wants out of Philadelphia. Well, to be honest, I think it's about time that Carson Wentz lost his job because from what we've seen, Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback, Okay. So the Eagles have no choice but to go with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is actually doing a formidable job. That game, that loss against the Cardinals, 26-33-26, that was a losing effort. Okay? A losing effort. Because Jalen Hurts, 24 completions, okay? 338 yards, 3 touchdowns. That is respectable, Okay? Very respectable. And, and, and on top of that, 11 carries for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown of his own. 
Jalen Hurts, ladies and gentlemen, is a dual-threat quarterback. He can throw well, he can run well. If the Cowboys defense is not on top of their game, if they are not focused, if they are not ready, then God damn it, I guarantee you that Jalen Hurts is going to put a hurt on this team. He is going to humiliate them. He's probably going to do more damage or as much or more damage than Lamar Jackson did. Okay? The Cowboys are going to have to sack him. They're going to have to force turnovers. Then, God damn it, this defense, this is, going to be, this is probably going to be the toughest test of the season. To keep Jalen Hurts away, to contain that Eagles offense, to score points of their own, and win the freaking game. It's not going to be easy, but the Cowboys can do it, okay? It, they're going to have their hands full dealing with the likes of Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, just to name a few. Miles Sanders on the running game, okay? Because the Eagles have loaded weapons on offense, okay? As does the Cowboys. So this game could very well be a shootout, okay? But if the Cowboys can sack the quarterback, force stops, force turnovers as many times as they can, then damn it, they will win the game, okay? But it's not only a matter of forcing turnovers, it's a matter of taking advantage of them. The way to do it is to score points off the turnovers. For example, if the Cowboys manage to force another four, four turnovers, if they can score 28 points off those turnovers, then there's a high chance that they can win the game. Hell, they'll probably win the game if they do that. The bottom line is, business has picked up. While the Eagles have a horrible record, they have a quarterback who all of a sudden is beginning to emerge, and that quarterback's name is Jalen Hurts. If the Cowboys' defense underestimate this guy, then mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, Jalen Hurts, to say that he's going to teach him a lesson in respect, oh, there's a hell of an understatement right there again. Jalen Hurts will destroy them. He will humiliate them. And the Cowboys will collapse, and it could very well be just another heartbreaking, frustrating season. What I'm saying is, the fate of this season in the Cowboys case goes, it's going to be on the line next Sunday. And the Dallas Cowboys have no choice, absolutely no choice, but to win this game. It all comes down to that. Because the Cowboys finish out the season against the Giants. Okay. While the Giants will certainly be tough too, the first thing to do before they deal with them is to take the Eagles out. Get them out of the way. Because if the Eagles lose this game, their playoff hopes are officially over. And the Cowboys, they would love nothing more than to end the season of their hated rivals. I'd like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. I want to thank everybody who sent their prayers out to me as I continue to recover from COVID-19. I greatly appreciate the prayers, y'all, and I'm glad to I'm happy to report that I am feeling better. I am feeling much much better. I plan to get retested and I will let everybody know. I also like to spend a spe- send a special shout out to all the loyal listeners and supporters out there. Thank you for those who are subscribed, who leave reviews, who listen on on a daily basis. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart, because you are making my dreams come true. Ladies and gentlemen, if you follow me on YouTube, if you follow me on Twitter, 
if you have a, if you follow my Twitter information, you follow my personal account, my in my uh, Bear of Texas uh, podcast account, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything, anything regarding the Cowboys that you'd like me to talk about, just send them out. I have spoken with Wiley, aka the, the Venomous Stare, who will continue to be a usual guest on the show. He too is more than happy to do this as well. If there's anything you guys like to talk to us to talk about regarding the the Dallas Cowboys, we'll be more than happy to oblige. Your support is appreciated, and to show my appreciation, any advice you have, any subjects you want us to talk about, I extend an invitation. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is not just about me, it's about you as well. My goal is to make a show to make us all happy. Thank you all very much. Happy Holidays.